I'm going to reach out to him too on some other matters here. He's uh, a, I, I really enjoyed him. I really man, enjoyed him. I really we're brother. actually going to bring him let back. Him on our, Please let him know. We're actually hey, going to bring him back. I got it. Raphael. Okay. Hey, we're actually going to bring him back on a Saturday to do an hour mm -hmm. long for us. He's a okay. good guy. Man, yeah, he, I've already reached out to him. So we're going to do something specifically so he can he can have a, a his full time. He's okay. a good brother, man. Well, he has gotten me out of. Yeah. Brothers, it's seven o'clock. Let's make it ready to roll. Good morning. Good morning, men of God. Welcome to the National Men's Prayer Call. Men of God, this call takes place every Tuesday and Thursday morning, 7 a.m. Central Standard Time. We so, we're so grateful because we have gentlemen joins us from all around the world. A group of gentlemen joins us from Nigeria. Also, as a gentleman joins us on a regular basis from Vietnam. And also all the chapters that we have uh, positioned already here in all the states. So we're so grateful for all you men of God for taking time out. Uh, to fellowship with us. Uh, we have one of our own administrative gentlemen is going to be pouring into us this morning. So please just get ready and share share the video. We are Facebook Live. If you want to reach out to uh, some of your friends and family members there, please do that at this time here. Uh, you don't want to miss. Uh, this gentleman is just an outstanding spokesman, uh, just an outstanding man of God in his own right. So we're just so grateful to have him coming up here in a few minutes here. Uh, meanwhile, men of God, uh, here for the month of April, uh, we're here at the men's, National Men's Prayer Call. Uh, we have topics here, the money matters, faith, finance, and stewardship. And so we're going to be pouring into your lives here over this year, uh, month of April here. So please, uh, just uh, as Brother Johnny Michael said, guarding, your, guarding yourself accordingly. So we're just so grateful for that that opportunity. Uh, meanwhile, men of God, we will have more information for you regarding the National Men's Prayer Call coming up, but we're going to go ahead and open us up and I'm going to go ahead and open us up in prayer. We're going to get this gym out of bullpen because I know he is prepared. So we're just excited for him to be able to pour into what God has laid, us, laid upon his heart here this morning here. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. We come to you this morning, once again, Lord, to say thank you. Thank you because this day, April the 14th, 2020, this day was not promised, but you made it possible, Lord. And not only did you make it possible, Lord, but Father, we're just so grateful, Lord, that we can put our trust and faith in you, Lord, and not in man. And Lord, we know that you told us to fear not because you are our help. <laughs> in time of need. Well, Lord, this is the time that we need your help. And Lord, we're gonna put our trust and faith in you and not in man. The Bible says that the steps of a righteous man is ordered of the Lord. And Father, we just trust you enough because your word says that it'll never return void, uh, but it will accomplish that what it was sent to do. You set it up this way, Lord. <laughs> You set it up in the beginning because you said that we would have the knowledge. Oh my God. Oh God. You said you would give us the knowledge of life. Your word said it, but it was twisted. It was changed up in the beginning with Adam and Eve. But father, you just changed the whole dynamic because you knew it was evil, but you made that ultimate sacrifice on our behalf, Lord. 
So, Father, we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We're not going to fret. We're not going to worry, Lord, because we know what your word says, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for empowering that in us, Lord. Oh, you said for us to walk by faith and not by sight. Thank you for that opportunity, Lord. Thank you for pouring into each and every man that's on this call, Lord. We're going to trust you, Lord. Thank you for meeting every need according to riches and glory in Christ Jesus. There's no lack. There's no want. Oh, God, we thank you for covering each and every man household. Little God, I just ask right now that you would just, just plead the blood of Jesus as the blood of post on your house. Every morning you say, Lord, I thank you for the blood is up on this household. You let them know what addressed that household on. Because the word of God says that that plague will pass by this house. They're serving you. And Lord, we trust you enough to know that, Lord. Thank you for that opportunity, Lord. Oh, God, we thank you this morning. And Father, I just thank you right now for complete healing in each and every man's body from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet we bind any attack that the enemy may try to come against us no weapon formed against us will prosper god we thank you right now for complete healing you're jehovah rafa the bible says you're the god that healeth thee and lord i know it to be true lord i thank you right now for complete healing overall leader dr kenneth green here at the national men's prayer call not only healing his mind, Lord, his body, but Lord, I just thank you, Lord, to allow him to know, Lord, that everything is in your hands, Lord, regardless of what's taking place with the family, the devil is alive. And Father, I thank you right now for this man of God and his wife. Oh, God, thank you. And Father, we just thank you right now, Lord, for blessing us with our helpmate. We're thankful for our helpmate because the word of God says a house can't stand if it's divided. Two cannot be together except they agree on the word. It's the word of God. The Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was God. <laughs> Thank you for that. And Lord, we just pray for our offspring, Lord. I just pray right now, lift them up before you in the name of Jesus. And Father, I just pray right now, Lord, that you would just Allow them to understand, to seek you, Lord. <laughs> oh, God, no, we don't have all the answers, Lord. We don't, but we know that you do. And, Lord, we just ask right now, Lord, I just thank you right now for them. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my boys, Lord. I just pray, Lord, there's so many things that's taking place in their life, Lord, but allow them to know, Lord. Allow them to see Jesus in us because that's what the word says. <laughs> the word of God says, that the harvest is right, but the labors are few. Lord, allow us to be a labor for you, Lord. Allow us to share the good news. That's what we're here for. <laughs> we thank you for that, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for each and every opportunity you've given us. And Lord, we just trust you. And Lord, we thank you right now. Lord, we just lift up the President of the United States, Lord. I pray for him right now, Lord, because allow him to make decisions not of himself, nor the flesh. Oh, God, consult you. Allow him to consult you in everything that he says. Thank you for him. 
for those in cabinet positions, Lord. The word says for us to pray for those in leadership positions. That's what we're going to be obedient and do, Lord. We thank you for that. And Lord, I thank you for covering the household of each and every administrative member here at the National Men's Prayer Call, Lord. We don't do this for fame or glory. We do this because we trust you and we want to make a difference in someone else's life, Lord. Give us an opportunity daily, renew our mind daily with the word of God. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you that, Father, that we may decrease, that you increase. Ah. Lord, we thank you right now, Lord. We just pray for those that are in need right now, Lord. Someone may be in need of food, finance, whatever it is, Lord. We thank you for being Jehovah Jireh. You're the provider that you are. Thank you for that. Thank you for those coming harm's way there. The doctors, the nurses, first responders, Lord, all these people that's making a difference right now, Lord. Just lift them up. Lift their family up, Lord, because they're concerned about them as well. But when it's all said and done, Lord, <laughs> you said in your word, if my people <laughs> will call by my name, <laughs> oh my God, will hearken themselves. You said you would heal the land. <laughs> you said you would. And we know, Father, that to be true. So right now, Lord, we just ask right now, you will let us to continue to stand on our post and trust in you. And we thank you for it right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen and amen and double amen. You know, um, I was going to say Pastor Reggie, because <laughs> the anointing is definitely on you. It was, it was on you this morning. You know, you said uh, several things in this prayer. You said that uh, how can two people uh, walk together? The only way they can is if they, by the word of God. And the gentleman that I want to introduce this morning, you know, I met several years ago. And our hearts were knit together because I could see that he was a, 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 he was a true man of God. He was a disciplined brother that loved the Lord. And that's, that's, that's so important, especially in today's time period. Men need to get strengthened. Men need to, to become more mature. Men need to, to, to learn how to pray and be able to avail themselves to, uh, to personal development. And that's what this national men's prayer call is all about prayer and personal development now i met i met this brother i call him the architect from arkansas because he uh is an architect and he lives in arkansas but more importantly he's building the kingdom he's building the kingdom and putting his one brick in at a time and if each of us do that we'll be able to build a glorious kingdom and a fortress that the lord will be proud of so this morning he's going to be talking on stewardship and or finances as we go go through this month of money matters because it does, because that's how the kingdom of God is able to be erected. So please join us as the architect from Arkansas answers this call. Well, thank you, uh, brother Johnny. Man, I tell you, uh, I tell you what, man, after, after always hearing brother Tanner open us up with prayer and, and just placing us right center before the father. And then hearing you speak these eloquent words about me, man, my heart, I'm just nervous, man. I, I spoke on this platform 
many times, but man, I am just nervous. You guys, I'm in the, I'm, but you know what? That's a good thing before I get started, because, you know, anytime you before God, you should feel nervous. You should feel a sense of fear because it, it's really God showing you that you can't do anything apart from him. So with that fear brings good comfort. And so uh, I, when, I, when my heart started beating, I was like, okay, I'm in a good place. I'm in a good place because now I know this is not of me, but it is of God. But anyway, guys, I've got just a couple of minutes and uh, I'll be brief, but uh, you know, God has put something on my heart is uh, during this time, we, you know, going through uh, what we're going through, everybody's fully aware of what is, has happened to our world and what is going on. So I don't need to belabor that moment, but you know, God has been speaking to me uh, and, and this topic is so fitting for such a time as this. Who would have known, guys, Reggie, Brother Tanner, and Sadarik, when we were putting this together, guys, we had no idea about what was about to happen in the country. And so such a great topic as a time like this is faith, finances, and stewardship. Well, I, I want to talk about stewardship today. I'm, I'm going to be very brief, but I just want us to think about stewardship, think about another aspect, a key, another key aspect of stewardship that we really don't think about enough as it pertains to stewardship. And first of all, and I know this has probably been defined several times by several of the other speakers that were before me, but, you know, there's two, there's two things that I, that I, uh, that I take as 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 fact, and I, one of them I probably should. Uh, number one is my Bible and the Gospel of Google. My Bible and the Gospel of Google. I probably shouldn't believe everything Google says, but I do. But anyway, according to the Gospel of Google, a steward is somebody no more is no more than somebody that manages the affairs or manages the 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 property of someone else's. And so anytime we start talking about stewardship, I get excited. You know, when I first uh, uh, came into the awareness that I needed to try to manage my, manage my finances better and to uh, be, be a better steward with it, I would go to every class that our church would offer on steward and finances because I was trying to improve myself and I was trying to improve my family and so which was really good really beneficial to me but lately I've been starting to think about stewardship in another way and in in terms of what and rather than what's been improved in me uh what was going out of me so with that being said, I want us to think about stewardship in these few moments that we have. I want us to think about stewardship from a heart of generosity. And so from a heart of generosity, you know, before, you know, we're thinking about this. A lot of times when we think about stewardship, we think about we hear phrases like this. You know, we think about a person that is a good steward. We think about somebody that's, that's as, as we, you know, you'll hear people joke about these kind of people. You'll hear about, you know, oh man, he's, that, that guy's so tight-fisted with his money. He could squeeze the juice out of a dollar. 
you know, he, he said so, or, or my brother Darren that was on the CPA last week, he's a bean counter. You know, that's why, you know, I hope he ain't listening today. That's the way I refer to Darren in my mind. He's, he's a bean counter, man. He just sits there meticulously counting beans. And so that's what when we think about, I don't know about you, and I won't put this on everybody, but when I think about stewardship, I think about, you know, retention. I think about somebody that just, just holds on and just becomes very good at not messing up uh, what he has. And so, but God has been speaking to me and said, no, Reggie, it, that is very important. While that's very important, but stewardship is also more about, also about what we give back, what we give out. And so that's where the term generosity comes in. And so what is generosity? In its simple terms, guys, generosity is nothing but about moving us, moving us from an inward focus, moving us from a separate, let me, back, let me say this, it's just simply moving us from a self-centered focus to an other focus. It's simple, generosity, that's what it does. It just moves you from a state of being self-centered to others oriented, from self-centered to being others oriented. So what if being a good, good steward was really about this? So let's talk about how does it happen? What prevents us? How does it happen and, and, and what prevents us? See, I'm already starting my descent. You know, this is like a little short flight from Little Rock to Dallas. I'm already about to start my descent. So how do we, how do we, how do we, what prevents us though? Now this is the, this is where the rubber hits the road. For me, again, as I said, stewardship, I was super excited about it. But when God threw this generosity thing at me, it really changed the way I thought about it. And so uh, what prevents us really from being generous? And guys, if we ever need to be generous, it's, it's during a time such as this. But there is one thing that prevents us from becoming generous. It's fear. It's fear. It's fear. It's fear that if I release what I have, it might not come back to me. Man, I've worked so hard to acquire what I have, and I can't release this because it might not come back to me. And so another thing that, that, that uh, causes fear is distractions, our problems. Man, do you know what I'm going through and you're asking me to release some of what I have? So that's another tactic of Satan. He causes us to be distracted on our situations. Every time you focus on your situations, that puts you back into a self-centered self-centered mindset so you will never become others oriented if you're constantly focusing on your problems and allowing yourself to be fixated and distracted on that and so guys in my brief time i just want to I'm, I'm gonna try to dial in here i want to close out just kind of talking about talking about what that looks like and guys recently it's the craziest thing when, when this coronavirus first came down, here's a one classic example. 
guys, people, some of you guys probably on this call got more tissue than you can ever use in your garage and in your pen. I know you do. I see Johnny laughing. See, he's been to the store six times getting tissue paper. I came home one day, I said, baby, does the coronavirus, does it cause a stomach? Does it, what is it about this? People just buying tissue. And then I got caught up in it. I saw them grabbing tissue. And then, then I, I, I won't be the first to admit, I got tissue all in. I got tissue everywhere. I was hoarding because I didn't think I was going to get any. So I fell into, I got distracted. Again, we're going back, I'm distracted. And so, no, you know, not that I'm worried about what my neighbor has. I'm getting so scared and fearful. I'm hoarding for myself. I'm just like the rest of the people in the store. And so, you know, guys, I could look at, you know, you look at your closet. Some of us got so many, we got suits. I'm talking to the men, I ain't even talking to the women. We got more suits than we and more scarf shirts like Brother Tenor has on than we can ever wear. We're scared, but we won't get rid of them. Some of you hadn't worn piece of garment in five years, but you won't get rid of it because you're scared. For whatever reason, you're fearful that you won't get it back again or something. So you hold on. And so that's why our closets are full. And then I look at people's garages. It bugs me. I'm getting off on a side tangent now. It bugs me to death when I spend all this time designing garages for people because y'all wear me out on garages. Man, I got this Suburban and you gotta make sure it's gonna fit in there and my wife gotta escalate. And I'm, I'm real tall and I've researched more vehicles than I want to research. But then when I come over to your house for a dinner, every one of your cars are parked outside because you got too much stuff in the garage. Again, why? We won't get rid of stuff. We're hoarding. We keep it. Something, something, and I'm talking to myself. Some things that are in my garage have been in there I have not used in five years, but I won't let it go. So don't come over here, Johnny, trying to get anything out of my garage. I won't let it go. Because why? There's something in me that thinks that if I release this, I'm not going to, I can't get it back. I need it. So I keep it in. And so let me, now let's, let me make it, let me, let me share it. Now let me bring it to a biblical, let me bring it biblical to you. There's a, Jesus gives a, a, a parable in the Bible where he talked, where he gave, he, he shares this par parable of a man that went away and he gave, you know, three guys and he gave one five talents and the Bible says he gave one, two talents. And then the Bible says he gave, gave one man one talent. So we can call the talent money. Let's just call it money. It could be gifting. It could be whatever. And so when he came back, the man that he gave, you guys know this stuff. That when, he came, when the man came back, this is in Matthew, I think, chapter 25 somewhere. So when he came back, the Bible says that the man that he gave five talents to multiplied it. He gave, he gave the, the owner of the master back 10 talents. The man that he gave two talents to, he multiplied it back, said that he gave the master back four talents. The man that he gave one talent to, the, he says, Where, what, he, what have you done with? He says, oh, master, I know that you are a hardworking man. You have sown where you have not I mean, you have reaped the harvest where you have not planted. And, and so I did not want to, out in the, it explicitly says that, he says that I was afraid. So I went and buried your money. 
and that displeased the owner. The, the previous two guys, because they've done, they did so well with giving it out, managing it, getting it out. They didn't hoard it and hide it. God says, because you have been faithful over a few things, I will now make you a ruler over many. See, they were faithful with it. They weren't afraid to take what was entrusted to them. They got it out. They invested it. And I think for somebody, I don't know who I'm talking to today. I just feel the presence of God. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but I feel that there's somebody on this call that God wants to do some things to you. He's got some things that he wants to get, but you don't want to release it. He's got a check right now that he might want you to write to somebody that's in need, but you won't write it. So God is saying, I can't get the money out through, through Reggie because he's scared. I can't get it out through him because if I give it to him, he's scared. He's going to go bury it. And I think many of us today are like that. And man, we shouldn't be like that, especially during a time like this. And so, and so there's this, as, as I close, I'm going to say this. Uh, there's this saying that you see all over now, people saying, see a need, serve a need. That's a big saying right now. See a need, serve a need. What, what is that? What is that really saying to me? I, I'm going to go back biblical with you before I close out. There are three examples that, that the Bible gives us and that are big to me about what does that mean to see a need, serve a need. I think back in Exodus, Exodus chapter 25, when, when God had gave Moses the commandment for building the tabernacle, chapter 25. Now in chapter 25, Moses goes to the people and they are called to give. But the thing that is so interesting about that is that they are called to give a free will offering. A free will offering. That means I'm not under compulsion. I'm not compelled. It's just God wants, it's just basically, I want the generous people to give towards the tabernacle. Now, Fast forward 10 chapters later in chapter 35, it says that the people were giving so much that the workers, the builders came back to Moses and said, you got to tell the people to stop giving towards the tabernacle. We got too much. Now, what's interesting about this is that if you read the Bible, the, 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 if you read it carefully, my Bible says that he commanded them. And then just show you what God can do when you have a generous heart. I mean, it just overflows. It, it overflows too much that God had to say, Reggie, stop. I tell you, stop. I command you to stop giving. What would the world look like right now if God had to command us to stop giving? We wouldn't have a need for a, a stimulus package or whatever they try. What if those of us that had, we started giving so much we shake this world upside down that God has to say, stop it, guys. Those Christians are not, they give too much. Stop it. And then it says, and it goes on a little bit farther in chapter 35, it says they were here to restrain them. So he commanded them and restrained them. Let me give you an example of what restrain looks like. I got to finish this thing. You know, if you've ever, I had a buddy that loved to fight. And so, man, if you said something to him, man, he was ready to jump on you back in his heyday. And so what we would always have to do, we would have to restrain him, man, because he would be just like a bulldog, ready to get, we'd have to hold him back. And so that's what I picture 
I'm like, Reggie, these people were giving so much that God had to, he had to hold them back. They were just ready to give. And so secondly, guys, second group of people, you look over in Acts, then the new believers, when the gospel was first being spread, and it said, when these people came into the knowledge of the gospel, you know, they, they started seeing things differently. They had a heart of generosity. You guys know the story. It said that they started getting, a lot of them started selling their land. This is in chapter two, chapter two and chapter four. They started selling their land and they brought the money back to the apostles' feet. And it said that those that had a need, they took care of the need. And it says so much so in chapter four that there was no lack in God's house. No one had a need because those that had sold and brought it to the apostles' feet. Now, there was one guy that acted just like me named Ananias. He went and sold his land, but only brought half of it back. And see, he still had that heart with that closed fist, self-centeredness. So as I close out, for some people that are on the call, they, that, you know, that sounds like a a fairy tale Bible story. That's good stuff, Reggie. But somebody, somebody may be on this constant, but Reggie, you don't know about me. But let me say this. Let me close out by making it real. And uh, it wasn't, it was difficult during that time, but let me make it real and just show you how this stuff is still applicable today. I, about 12 years ago, man, we were sitting in the house. My wife went to the mailbox. We were having some difficult times. That was during the first recession back in 2008. We were having some hard times. Man, you know, we didn't carry ourselves, you know, around with our head held down. But God gives insight to those that have generous, generous hearts. He gives you insight. And so I remember receiving a check for $1,000. A, a lady, just one of my wife's friends, and she just wrote a little note, said, God, just put this on my heart. I hope that this finds you guys doing well. Now, one of the things about God, he doesn't tell all of your business. You don't know how, you know, uh, uh, how much of a difficult situation, because we didn't carry ourselves like that. But God placed it on a heart. And then, guys, it gets even better. And, we, and then we, we got another, this is probably about six or seven months later, one of my wife's mentors, uh, she sent my wife, a $5,000 check and said, this was from some inheritance money. And, you know, again, that showed me that, you know, what God can do through, she had no idea about how, what situation we was in, but she wanted to bless us and say, God put it on her heart. I still got the letter from both of these ladies today because it reminds me when I get selfish, that I've got to have a heart of generosity. God can't use me if he can't get it through me. And so last, I, I close out and I'm gonna turn it over to Sister Dear, my last buddy, when I was going through cancer, guys, and I, and I say this because guys, we gotta be generous during this time. And, and but what generosity takes, you gotta be intentional. You gotta be intentional about looking for needs in people because a lot of times they're hurting. So you're gonna have to be intentional. I think about my buddy, Anthony Franklin. He's a firefighter down in Little Rock. When I was going through my second cancer, and we'll talk about more about this when we do a health and wellness talk. I was going through my second cancer and I got closed, I got 30 seconds. 
I didn't know what I was going to need. And Anthony said, man, what do you need? I said, man, I don't know. I said, I don't need anything. I'm good. And he thought about it. He was intense. He says, man, your yard's going, you ain't no way you're going to be able to cut your yard. He says, I tell you what, I'm going to cut your yard. See, this doesn't have to do about money. Generosity is not just about money. He said, I'm going to cut your yard every week. And he didn't just cut it to just satisfy it, you know, keep it. He edged it. My yard was beautiful. He took pride. He says, I'm going to cut it every week until you tell me to stop. I had to do like the, 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 the Moses did, the people with the town. I had to tell Anthony, dude, I'm good, bro. I'm done with treatment. Stop cutting. That's what generosity looks like. So guys, I don't know who this was for, but I just want us to kind of think about stewardship during this time with a different aspect of it. So, you know, anyway, just want to turn it over to you. I hope this has been great for you guys and this helped somebody. Man, it was, that was awesome. Preacher, listen, you didn't close by five times, dog. I, mean, I know you were preaching, you didn't close. But it, this is so on point, uh, 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 Minister Wright. Uh, this is so on point. Let me tell you how dope this is. You said God can't use you if he can't get through you. Now, your word that you used about the talents, one of the caveats in that text, it says, God gave according to their ability. God gave according to their ability. So here's the point that you're making, their ability to be generous, right? God give you more, much is given, much is required, right? We can use that in a different capacity, but your ability to let God uh, uh, manifest his uh, riches through you because he knows your ability to be able to listen to him and then to go ahead and then sow. And so, um, because the scriptures also said, whoever sows sparingly, reaps sparingly, whoever reaps uh, souls bountifully will also reap bountifully. And that's the, that's the whole place of really what you're teaching us, not to be fearful in the space to let God do what he needs to do because he has to work through people. Now, gentlemen, you make sure that you understand what uh, Minister Wright was saying is that God is living in a spiritual space but operating in a natural world, right? So how does, how does he have to operate and then enrich his, his people? Well, we the plugs. We are the plugs, how God takes money over here, transfers it, and then he has to transfer it in the natural. He has to give it through us, right? We think about how our businesses survive. Some of our businesses that we work for are surviving because God has planted you there because he has to make sure that he, it gets money to you and to the kingdom of God. So he's making sure that that, that business stays afloat primarily for you. So don't ever go into a place thinking that that that, that job is doing you a favor, right? God is, has planted that in there and you're supposed to go in there and work and show yourself as though a, a child of God. So then that whole building gets blessed. And so it is a dope word, uh, minister, you that showed out today, uh, but I won't hold them. You know, I ain't gonna preach after no preaching. So we're gonna be ready to go into this word. And you just don't know how this has blessed me as well because I, my testimony before I go in, I wanna thank my mentor who came by my house Friday afternoon, gave me a call, say, hey, where you at? I'm like, I'm at Walmart doing, picking up a few things. He said, well, I'm gonna be at your house in a few minutes. I got something for you. And he and his wife came by and then said, hey, this is for a blessing. I see what you're doing. You got a lot of mouths to feed and we just want to bless you and put $500 in my hand, right? And my wife kissed on me like I had given her, her $500. So I want to thank my, my mentor, Benny Franklin, for doing that, showing an example. 
And then here's the seed that was sold, not only this financial um, a seed, but a seed that I had a living, breathing example of what it meant to um, do this word that you're saying today. Forever impacted knowing that at one point in my life, I'll be able to pass forward what was passed to me. You see how that works? And you never know what the impact that has. And it's profound in so many different ways. And I, I pray that 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 is a, a bountiful uh, sowing of a seed, right? Mm -hmm. That it lives on in perpetuity, that it's like a ripple effect, that it hits me it, like it hit him and then I'll hit somebody else. And then forever the kingdom of God touching his people. So let's go into prayer in this. Heavenly Father, we come before you as men of God, Father, standing in your place, understanding our role and responsibility in this financial space. Uh, Reggie has said, Father, that, that and reminded us of generosity, Father, that we should not be fearful in that space, Father. So we pray that we have that, that power, Father, the, the authority, Father, the, the, the faith in you enough to, regardless of our situations, Father, always be a place where you can flow through us. That, you know, based on our ability, our, based on our ability to be faithful, based on our ability to trust you, based on our ability to move on your behalf. So, Father, build up that ability. Let us know beyond a shadow of doubt that we are, are well taken care of and that we can sow bountifully, Father, because you sow bountifully in us. We love you. We honor you. And now we live for you. In your son, Jesus Christ's name, we pray. Amen. Thank Outstanding you. job. Outstanding job. Love it. Where'd a preacher go? Did he jump off the line? There you go. Ready to write. Awesome job, brothers. Y'all enjoy the week. We see you back here on Thursday. God bless you, brothers, man. Same here, Aunt. Peace.